Always focused, always serious. Campbell versus Gallo on TSN 690. Just, just give me the sports center tag at this point. Oh, hey, what the hell is hold the and Hockey Heaven at 11. Uh, where Gallagher's taking a late penalty. And so I think the only option now is, I don't think he's going to get scratched, but you really have to consider keeping him on the bench late in games because he's just, he's not showing any improvement in this area. And when you scratch a guy after two games and he took three penalties, I don't know how you don't, have some sort of consequence for Gallagher where this has been a regular occurrence all season. We don't have enough time to list off all the NHL players he's coached. Coach John Goyans. Well, I hear you whispering words How you doing, Coach? I'm good, you guys? Very well. Campbell versus Gallo. No Gallo, though. It's Simon and Campbell. Uh, that was Arpin Basu uh, speaking earlier on the morning show. And uh, interesting take, uh, chatting with Connor and Sean uh, when it comes to Brendan Gallagher. Breaking down his penalties this year. Uh, so many in uh, tight games, a lot in the third period. And we know what happened with the major penalty he took, which led to a five-game suspension. Two goals were scored. The Canadians almost lost that game uh, to the Islanders. Uh, just why don't we start right there? It's that conversation with Brendan Gallagher. How do you? How does a young coach start benching the veteran players? Well, I mean, let's call it the way it is. His his minutes have been on the decline pretty dramatically most of the year. So if you're going to play him less, then probably, especially the types of penalties as Arpin pointed out, and or the the timing of the penalties then he's probably not touching the ice in the last five five minutes or so. I know that that number five minutes is is pretty arbitrary if uh, when you really think about it. Um, but at some point, you know, players also have to give you a reason to play them in in during crunch time. And it, it's not just it's not just a revolving door. We're not rattling the uh, the door handles and. You know, it's not kumbaya out here. It's, you know, it's earn what you get. And there's been elements of earn what you get uh, kind of atmosphere since day one. At times, it doesn't always make sense for us in the media or anyone outside those four walls uh, in terms of their locker room or their coaching staff. And and that's fine, too, right? Because there are certain conversations we're never going to be privy to. And, you know, if I put my coaching hat back on, we shouldn't be privy to. Uh, he's going to serve a five-game suspension. He's going to pay a hefty, you know, he's going to lose out on six figures worth of salary. Um, but as he comes back into the lineup, you know, what are you going to do? Suspend him or, or healthy scratch him for a sixth game? I, I, You know, it's he's, he's time served unless the team is super hot. And when he's back in, his, his leash may be a bad term, but his leash is going to be really, really short, or it should be at least. Uh, besides, I guess the term is he's really competitive and he's always trying, and that leads to the penalties. Why is Gallagher taking these penalties at these bad times? Well, especially let, let's point out the fact that isn't this his first suspension? Yes. So why now, right? If he's always been known as this gritty in your face, um, you know, 
pain in the butt to play against, gets in on the inside, uh, tough to defend, feisty, all that type of stuff, then why now? You know, why Why is it all of a sudden now, you know, he, he's getting really poorly timed penalties, and part of it is, listen, this is just a guess. I'm not making any blanketed statements here. It's just a guess. As a competitive person, there's got to be an element of frustration that he isn't the contributor that he once was. You know, it's not like when we watch games or we are calling the games and we're in the building, at any given point, any of us have said, man, he's slacking off. There's been stretches where it's like, oh, you know, he's not moving the way he used to. So I wonder, and I kind of stated this the other day, was I wonder if there's a frustration. I think I wonder if it's a it's cumulative. It's, you know, he doesn't have that big role anymore. He's moving slower out there. Things aren't clicking the way they once were. And then minutes just keep going on the decline. You got to wonder if at times, just like any other, anybody else whose role diminishes, if frustration ends up leading to these poorly timed penalties. And I'm not making an excuse. I'm just looking more for uh, a reason behind it. Uh, coach, just uh, we're having our little hot topic of the day, and I want to keep things positive. So I'm asking our listeners, and you don't have to weigh in with three things, but we're asking our listeners for three things, maybe a couple of things that you think are really positive uh, thus far for the Canadian season right up until the break. Well, you know, if I look at, for example, the power play, I, I talked about it earlier um, before the season started. They needed to improve the power play. Uh, to get to about the middle of the pack. Right now, they're sitting 19th. Last year, they were 29th. The year before, they were poor on the power play again. The other part to that is the number. Like We could look at percentages alone, but the number of actual goals. They are six goals shy of their total last year. Last year, they had 38 goals. This year, they're at 32 with 30, uh, 33 games to go. Right? So... That's To me, that's a massive improvement. Yes, there's been lulls. Yes, there's been stretches. And yes, there's a lot of people, uh, as, as a Craig Button would say, experts without expertise who, who like to critique it and criticize it. But the reality is, it is vastly improved. Um, I think it's just how they can still, to this day, two and a, let's call it two and a half seasons uh, after, or almost two years to the day, after Martin St. Louis took over, is how they still in games that a lot of times or a lot of other teams would have kind of just packed it in. They just continue to stick with it. Lastly, it's going to be the, uh, let's see, the slow and, 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 and good progression of certain young players and the surprise of Jaden Struble. So I think, I think Slavkovsky has been a really steady improvement i know that he had a quip the other day about it's the media that doesn't believe in him i think on this station we've given him a lot of credit i think we support his progress but i also think that we've highlighted Jaden struble since day one even in the american hockey league and i think that's three of the areas that i would focus on the most yeah, we had Slavkowski. Uh, Simon and I both had the power play as well, and we asked that question. It's our hot topic today, and we're going to open up the phone lines just after 1230. Uh, Jaden Struble, absolutely on that list. And it's going to be a positive because 
that's the neat thing about Jaden Struble, if we could dive into this one just a little bit. He wasn't on that radar. Starting the season at training camp, it was about Barron. It was still about Gooley. It was about Harris. It was about Jack Eye. It was about, you know, these all these guys just trying to get into the lineup at the NHL level. And here comes Jaden Struble doing his job in Laval, shows up, gets called up, okay, doing his job with the Canadians. Everybody else in Jack Eye and Barron have moved around, and Struble's just doing his thing. Yeah, he just does his thing. He just plays the game based on what presents itself. He's not trying to make something out of nothing. You know, I go back to the game and I'm I'm, I'm blanking on, on the opponent, but he goes back for a puck, bobbles it, tries to tries to bump it to the inside, turns it over, it goes in the net. However, because he's a player of great intentions at all times, he was right back out for the next shift. He smoked the guy, he recovered a puck, he jumped in transition, he supports the rush. He might not get you those a ton of points you know i think of defensemen that have had good careers i think of oddly enough i'm going to pull out a name that i don't think you would uh, think of but a guy like scott hannon who had played in san jose for example i'm thinking of all those defensemen that are not necessarily the biggest right jaden school is not the biggest but he skates he looks like he could skate for days he could be physical he stays out of the box he's got nine penalty minutes five of which come from one fight. So for his style and his abilities to stay out of the box is pretty incredible because then he could be replied, uh, relied on. I think as his as he keeps improving, I think he's going to be a first PP, PK unit, if not a 1A, 1B situation, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on down by a goal, or excuse me, uh, to protect leads in the future and he's going to be one that we'll see on at the beginning of periods, at the end of periods, for the foreseeable future. Coach, the three-goalie system, uh, it will continue through the new year here. But you expect at some point just to see a lot more of Montembeau? Uh, I'm not talking about just you know whether or not the Canadians are in a playoff picture trying to hunt down a wild-card spot. Just the fact that they'll turn to him and lean on him to see you know when push comes to shove, maybe a year from now that he can handle these types of minutes? Well, it's a great point, uh, the fact that you asked the question that way, is that if you ever want to know if any of them, for example, but let's specifically focus on Montembeau, can be a legit number one, well, at some point you've got to carry that, that, that heavy load, which is, you know, what is it? It's 50 games? Is it 55 games? What is it, right? Like the science behind it not trying to burn out goalies, but at some point he's going to have to play those back-to-backs, whether they are both at home, both on the road, or or back-to-back, one at home, one on the road, because at some point you you just you need to you need to be tested, but you also have to prove yourself. You have to, you know, and, and we're not saying that he has to win all those games, but it's how he performs in those games. Does he give his cha- uh, team a chance to win? And once in a while, can he continue to steal some wins? Because he has been, uh, as Mike Kelly has pointed out, and maybe you guys can ask him this week, but he has been part of this trio that has stolen a ton of games this week, uh, this year in, in saving more goals over the expected goals against. So um, I agree. I think at some point, a guy like Montembeau, we need to see him playing three out of four, 
you know, four out of seven games, four out of six games even uh, down the stretch because part of his development is can he legitimately be the number one goalie here for the foreseeable future but for the length of his contract? Do you have anybody specific, uh, a young player, uh, maybe a tweener or a guy in Laval that you'd like to see uh, get an opportunity and perhaps run with it? Heineman, uh, if Roy comes back, play him in an extended role. Uh, is there any young player that you you just like to see get a get a get a look between now and the end of the season? It's a good question. I mean, the young guys. I'll just rattle off the young guys real quickly. Riley Kidney, who was back to back hundred points, had a rough start. All of a sudden, started really finding his game. He's not ready to come up. Josh Waugh would be ready to come back and play some games. Heineman, sure. I mean, again, he had a tougher start to the year. He had a good camp, and then he got hurt early on, so he missed precious time uh, to consistently uh, establish his game in pro hockey here. Uh, so it's probably going to come down to more of those two guys because after that, Sean Farrell's been banged up a couple times. Um, you know, Sean, Sean and I always talk about uh, Brendan Zignac. He's not necessarily the youngest, but he's not necessarily the oldest, but he's not on, a, he's not on an NHL contract. Um so I would probably still, you know, between Heineman and, and Joshua, you know, when when and uh, when the opportunity uh, presents itself, I'd like to see those guys get their opportunities, but also get their opportunities to play in the top nine. You think that there's a chance with the Canadians um, parting ways with Nicola Baudin with a contract available, they might do something with Gignac here? It's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, you know, that frees up spot, and I know everybody – Who's listening now? Who might comment later? Yeah, but they got to sign Lane Hudson. They might. They got to sign Talk. They got to sign this guy. They got to. They got to. They got to. Okay, everybody, chill. They still have First, five. They have five spots, right? They have. They don't want to carry fifty contracts. Most teams like to keep it under, but they're at forty-five. Yeah, exactly. And is it forty-five now with Bodang Gallon or yeah 46? with okay. with Bodang gone? Now, where I'm going with signing all these college guys is first and foremost. BU is one of the best teams in the nation in NCAA hockey. There is a very good chance, if they continue down the path that they're going, that they could be playing at the Frozen Four. So we might not get an opportunity to see them suit up this year. So everybody's got to like kind of temper that, and you might have to take care of the here and now in the right by potentially looking at a Brendan Zignac filling out a contract i don't know i'm not going to pretend to know cba or this or that how does he modify a contract in season i don't even know if it's doable correct me if you know but you know if i just look at performance you look at this guy and he's he's shot out of a cannon on every shift penalty killing five on five compete speed skill set um you know he he is that Tweener NHL, and you know, in some in some markets, he'd probably be a mainstay. I'll ask you both this question. Um, so, a, a lot of Habs fans are wondering: Do you think between now and the end of the season, we will see Lane Hudson uh, play a game or two with the Canadians? Sean, John, Sean, you go first. Uh, I, I think it depends on you know how far he goes and the Canadian season because it ties in so tightly, right? If you get eliminated. There's that window of opportunity, and I think Lane Hudson would likely uh, want to have that one-year burned where you play one or two games, and then 
of your entry level contract is burned right away. And we've seen that happen time in and time again. I think that's a plan. Now, could they maybe get him signed and then he's playing in Laval for a possible Laval playoff run? I think that might work too. It really depends on on uh, on the situation. I think that there's a very small window for that to happen for maybe one or two games. It's very tight because I, I looked it up. That's why I got Sean to answer that first. Um, well played. The, well played, Coach. Fro- you like that one. Yeah. Eh? The Frozen Four is being played on April 11th and 13th. And so, you know, just right there, the Habs play the 15th of April in Detroit. And then they play the next day at home versus Detroit. So they have a back and back, back to back. They finish on the 16th at home. But to Sean's point, you know, a month and a half ago, maybe eight weeks ago, we might have said, oh, no chance in Laval. They were down and out. And now they're one of the hottest things going in pro hockey. And so I'll piggyback. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that, that that opportunity for Lane Hudson to go down and play in the American Hockey League and maybe help that that playoff push because with Jack Eye back up in the NHL, if he finishes in the NHL, whether they decide to send him down, all that type of stuff, you have a potential for setting in a guy who might be the hottest power play prospect not playing in the NHL or not playing pro hockey right now in Lane Hudson. So could he go in? And all of a sudden, quarterback one of those power plays for a playoff run. And we know what Laval's done in just recently, a couple of years ago, with a long playoff run. And, and what an experience that could be for a future PPQB for the Montreal Canadiens. So the Canadian season ends the 16th of April. The Rockets season ends with a home and home with Belleville on the 19th and 20th. That's a week after the Frozen Four. And if he makes it to the Frozen Four, you likely you got to let them rest a little bit and we'll see what happens with the rocket the rocket were red hot though they did lose two games john this past weekend yeah and and you know what that was bound to happen but let's go back to that rest thing plays college hockey this is a shot at jp they get tons of rest you know <laughs> even with frozen even with the frozen four what is that 40 games yeah I mean, major junior plays that by christmas I'm sounds like a you sound like a major junior coach right there yeah you think so <laughs> I don't think, you know, yes, he played at the World Juniors and all that type of stuff, but, like, I, I think these guys, especially the guys coming out of college, their physical fitness typically is, you know, quite ahead of guys coming out of major junior who have all that extra travel, less practice, less time in the gym, typically, not all organizations. So I think that if given the opportunity... He'll, he'll be fine. He'll be riding a high if he's gone to the Frozen Four, especially if they win. And if they lose, he's going to still want to prove something. But, yeah, it really leaves a window of, like, maybe one week where there's two Habs games and two uh, Laval Rocket games for the Montreal Canadiens to figure out, is it worth it right now? If so, uh, is it NHL, AHL, or is it both? Coach, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. I'll see you. We'll have uh, Laval and Utica once again, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on TSN 690. Then Rochester comes to town on Friday and Saturday afternoon. 
the coach and I have all those games right here on TSN 690. Utica, the Devils, uh, American Hockey League? Yes. All right, good. Utica Comets. Comets! Yes, uh, Rocket were uh, on fire, but they went on the road, lost two this weekend. Uh, still being very competitive right there in the mix of the playoffs in the North Division in the AHL. 